Hey, it's Pete. A familiar voice, hopefully. Uh, anyway, I want to take a quick moment to highlight the amazing work of the team here at Your Money Line. A few years ago, we noticed this weird, nasty trend that people had financial questions, they had challenges, they had this missing piece to their financial puzzle, and they weren't getting the answers. So then they get stuck, they get paralyzed, and they wouldn't take action, and their financial life would meander and loiter in a bad place. So that's why we created this place. Uh, we have an employee benefit company, and it's called Your Money Line, and that's what it does. We help companies succeed by improving the financial lives of their most valuable asset. Not their break room, their employees. Everything we talk about is confidential. And you get access to a certified financial expert to get all your money questions answered, big or small. That's your money line. So bring your money line to your company. Check us out at yourmoneyline.com or any of the social networks you happened to deal with on a regular basis. Good day to you. You're listening to Pete the Planner. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Joining me this week is, for the first time, Damian Dunn, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. Hello, Dave. Thanks for having me on, Pete. So there's a lot going on in the world of this. We, we have a lot going on, Damian, so I, I need to catch people up to speed. First, how the show works. The show, we solve financial issues. Like, whatever they are, we're going to solve them. Uh, email us, ask. Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. We will read your question and we will do our best to answer it. And we will entertain you in the process. Damien, that is the first thing we need to get out of the way. Do you have any addendums to what I've just said so far? Is the entertainment a guarantee? For some. For those with a sense of humor, yes. For those that are in accounting, no. Dame, note number two. Um Podcast listeners have been giving us some feedback on music and stingers and all these sorts of things. One person on Twitter thought I was personally trolling him by some of these things. Let's just say, enjoy this week's selection of interludes. I can hardly wait. Oh, you have no idea what I'm about to do. And finally, Dame, we are a week away from the soft launch of Hey Money I'm not here's at this point, if you've not signed up for the early launch list, you're not part of the early launch. And I'm sorry, that's on you. You're going to have to wait until we launch to the general public here, hopefully in about a week and a half. But everyone else gets it this week if they're on the early launch list. If you're not on the early launch list, that's on you. Dame, let's move. Oh, one more item, Dame. Damien, I wrote a column in the United States of America today. Wait, what's um, the real? That's a newspaper? USA Today. It's very oh, colorful. USA Today. Okay. $3.95 a copy. I don't even know, but enough to pay me. Dame, uh, it was an article uh, about a column about a guy who wrote me a question, and uh, and his question was he wanted to retire, but he made $200,000 a year, and he had not saved a dime. He wanted to know what to do. So, Dame, what we do here is we answer questions. We don't judge people. We don't go, oh, what? You make $200,000 and you don't have anything saved? Unfortunately, people who are not in our position, oh, you know, like the general public and financial advisors who uh, wanted to email me this week to tell me that, A, I should never answer a question like that from someone that makes $200,000 because no one has that problem. So that's a dumb email number one I've received this week in the form of about 200 emails. The other ones were financial advisors who said by not yelling at this guy in the column, I've encouraged other people 
to neglect their savings. As Mrs. Planner, former English teacher in the state of Indiana, mentioned to me this week, reading comprehension is an all-time low. Dame, yeah. what is going on? You know, I've had a lot of time to think about this as, as you've kindly complained forwarded. about it all week. Yeah, <laughs> kindly complained about it all week. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I, the, the general public uh, response, it's not terribly surprising to me. However, the one that was disheartening were the responses from the financial advisors and those that are, you know, writers and bloggers and whatnot, who, you know, basically tried to slap you down for not handling it the way they possibly would. You know, if if you were an advisor or, or somebody in the industry who looked at your response to the, to this scenario and said, you know, that's that's a stretch. I don't think that's going to work. I'm I'm okay with that response. Sure, I don't if, care if they would have said that person needs help, but. I couldn't do it because they don't fit in the business model that I've got created for my, you know, my business. I'm even okay with that. But if they, for one minute looked at your response and the question that was posed and thought for some reason, the best course of action was criticism and shame for both you and the individual that wrote the letter. I do have a problem with that. Here's the, important factor of all of this is we've gone a half segment just complaining about the world first world problems none of this matters damien none of this actually matters we have our health as of now i have my good looks but it's the bigger point is this if you email us we are not going to judge your question we are not going to make fun of it yet we are going to make fun of you but not because of your financial problems but because of your poor writing but we're just going to answer it. I don't care if you make two hundred thousand dollars a year two million dollars a year or two dollars a year i honestly don't care if you come to us, we will help you. I don't take into consideration, well, this doesn't apply to a lot of people. Damien, if I raise money for leukemia, that doesn't mean I dislike breast cancer, right? It doesn't mean I don't care about solving that. It's We're not that dumb around here. If I solve one problem, I'm not shunning everyone else. And it's in that spirit that I answer this week's first question. Hope it's short. The show is called White Wine with Pete the Planner. <laughs> this is wine. Uh, hi, Pete. I'm 61 years old. Oh, well, I'm not 61 years old. This doesn't even apply to me. <laughs> had almost a southern accent to it, like somebody from Tennessee. I'm 61 years I'm 61 years old and have $1.2 million saved for retirement. I have zero debt today except for a $130,000 mortgage left on a $600,000 property. Dame, I like when people call their home a property. Yeah. I mean, they could mean a property or they could just mean their home's so big they call it a property. Who knows? I've told you the story before when I was in the elevator and elevator with a one of the famously wealthy people in our city, uh, he and his famous wife. Uh, this was oh, 10 years ago. And I get in the elevator, it's just the three of us. And, and, and the woman turns to me and goes, I was chasing our cat all over the estate last night. Oh, and she, and I was like, and I just go, yeah, I hate when that happens. <laughs> anyway, mortgage payment is $1,300 a month. I'm not sure when I should retire. I'm basically working now, so I don't have to pay for medical insurance. Are there any good sources out there? on planning for the right time to retire. I've heard people say, if you like what you're doing, just keep working. I've also heard people say retirement was the best thing they ever did. I wouldn't say that I like working. 
I just like all the freedom I have with the income I'm making and no debt. I make about $200,000 a year. Well, Damien, since a lot, most people in the world don't make $200,000 a year, we're going to just ignore this question. I think that's the fair thing to do. Because here's the thing. No one ever wonders when to retire. Uh, so we're not going to answer this because this person makes a different amount than they have. It's not a problem for this person. I am extra jaded. I'm going to get email telling me how jaded and petty I am. Well, you are. Oh, I am. But I will tell you this. This is pretty simple to me. Number one, I like that Dennis, this is from Dennis. Dennis, thank you for asking this question. A lot of people actually have this question. And I don't know anything about you, Dennis, but from what you've described, you were a person that should currently not retire. Damien? Absolutely. I mean, he enjoys the freedom that the income gives him. He's still using the health insurance, which is a wise, wise move. Um, I mean, he's got plenty of opportunities ahead of him, you know, for, for the next, you know, four to six years, depending on when he wants to, to finally say, you know what, I've had enough. And by then he's going to be in really, really good shape. So Dennis, don't pull the string just yet. Oddly enough, the answer to this question is the same answer that I had in my USA Today column about this topic. The guy may have $200,000. He didn't have anything saved for retirement. But what this guy does, he does have saved for retire- some saved for retirement. He has to wean himself off the 200000 yeah. so that his need matches what will be available in five or six years. And don't ever dismiss the accessibility or the importance of health coverage as a 61-year-old. You've got to at least work until you're 65, especially if you don't mind what you do, Dennis. Yeah, keep it up. I, I think the answer is is pretty straightforward. If you know some circumstance comes up where you have to pull, you, know, you have to get out, you'll probably be okay. But keep on working, Dennis. Another factor in this, Dame, and we have like 10 seconds left. So what do I do? He said that some people regret retiring and other people say that it's the best thing ever. Yeah, it's called taste buds. Some people like the taste of some things and other people don't, right? They're like, there's nothing to say from that. Yeah. I like Coke. I like Pepsi. Well, what should I do? It doesn't matter. It's different for everybody. All right, Dame, coming up after the break. Less complaining, more answers. Right here on the that's – the that's the new show. I'm Pete the Planner. This is a new show. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, next question in the queue. You know, Q is spelled differently than you would think. Really? It's Q-U-E-U-E, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's two different types of Q. I know, but most of the time you hear the word Q, you think C-U-E. You don't think Q-U-E-U-E. Well, I think most of the time the other spelling is probably more applicable to most things that you'd be talking about. Q is only what? For lines? Hi, Pete. I'm in a bit of a quandary. The wife and I are currently okay in our financial position, but it won't last. We both work, but I'm in my mid-50s and she is in her early 60s. Neither is in excellent health. Uh, We have always pooled our earnings, about $140,000 per year. We have about $250,000 in retirement savings and two houses with a net worth of approximately $520,000. The cars are paid off, but we currently uh, are carrying about $26,000 in credit card debt. One house is paid off, but is locked in a trust and can't be sold or rented for another 10 years. 
it's a long story. <laughs> the other house, God, that must be one long story. The other house has a $3,600 per month mortgage with a $560,000 balance. What can I say? We live in California. If either one of us has a health incident, we're going to have a problem. What I can't see is a way forward into retirement that allows us to keep our dream house, the one with the mortgage, and continue to eat. What are your thoughts, Dean? Whew. Hmm. Damn, this is just one of those weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks for uh, picking these out ahead of time. So we I'll could... wait, wait till you wait till you hear the one in the next segment. <sighs> Great. This is hard. You know, here's the challenge with this for me. And I'm going to read the first line to you again. I'm in a bit of a quandary. The wife and I are currently okay in our financial position, but it won't last. Dave, that's not true. They're not okay. And that, I don't say that to salt any open wounds. It's just what you and I have learned is that sometimes people think they're okay and they're not okay, but because they think they're okay, they don't continuously do the things that will lead to a solution of the otherwise identifiable problem. Yeah, I wonder if there's um, not the sense of urgency that there should be here because they think it's okay. They've still got some time, but you know they recognize it's not going to last. But who's to say when that's not going to work anymore? It's like it's like when I went to my doctor with a heartburn issue. And I, I honestly, Dame, I went there and I was like, I, Doc, I'm completely healthy. I'm not going to waste a lot of your time. I just need some heartburn medication. And he was like, no, you're not completely healthy. You're fat. And I'm not giving it to you because you'll get fatter. Like it's that denial of reality, which prevents the solution from coming forward. So I will start there. Based on what I just said, did we solve his issue? No, Dame. It's a really, really complicated situation. No, but we oh. we moved the timetable up on getting a solution for this, though. We did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like this is a problem to solve now, not how are we going to solve this later. That's a good point but we still have not solved anything. I will say what is abundantly clear is, and we taught, we actually touched on this last week. They make $140,000 mm-hmm. solid money. Except, not when uh, you have a mortgage with a $560,000 balance though. Yeah. $3,600 per month going towards that mortgage at 140. Yeah. That's an issue. I mean, it- they, if they are saving, did they say they're saving anything towards retirement or they, I can't imagine they can afford it with a $3,600 a month payment. I'm doing some bad little <laughs> back of the napkin math here. I, I, I'm guessing they're sa- saving a nominal amount. Yeah. Say, okay. Here, help me with this line though, brother. Yeah, my friend, my brother, yeah, whatever. another mother, we have about $250,000 in retirement savings in two houses with a net worth of approximately 520,000. Are they staying all in their 520000 with the retirement accounts in the two houses? Or are they saying the two houses themselves are worth 520000 clear? I think it's the two houses would be my guess. But doesn't the one house they said have a balance of? No, that's okay. I got it. All right. Yeah, I think the, I think the houses are there. And the, the, the uh, retirement savings is in addition. So here are, the, here are the challenges I'm trying to solve here as we look through this. Clearly, like most of people that we deal with that are around this age, they need to make project, they need right now to project what their retirement income will be. Then they need to look at what their current retirement income is. And then 
create a path to have those two meet somewhere in the middle. But there's some problems right now. Dave, I got to read the first line again. I'm in a bit of a quandary. The wife and I are currently okay in our financial position. Two sentences later, we are carrying about $26,000 in credit card debt. Yeah. I'm, 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 man, uh, Dean, I'm not beating you up, man. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, you can't minimize $26,000 of credit card debt. And again, I'm not solving your problem by telling you to be honest with the situation or to assess it more appropriately, but it sure might help. Yeah. And I think you said they're, they're both not in fantastic health. Am I remembering that or am I conflating that with another, another, uh, email. No, they are not in good financial health. Neither is in excellent health, it says. So not excellent health, but they are still, at least one of them is still working because they have a combined income of 140, right? Yeah. I think both of them are still working. Yeah. Yeah. The only way this has a shot of working out is if you start to take action now and get things straightened out. Because if your health continues to decline, the time will be passed. And so it, it's not, uh, you know, we're okay now, but things are going to go sideways later. No, it, we're right. The things are, are sideways now and things need to be addressed now. Am I crazy to think this actually gets better over time and not worse? Like he thinks because 10 years, let's fast forward 10 years. All right. Their house can be sold or rented through that trust, which I, whatever. They could arguably easily pay off $26,000 in credit card debt. They will have saved more for retirement. His wife will, if her health make, gets her to this point, she will be on Medicare. Mm-hmm. She will have Social Security income. And he will be closer to Medicare and Social Security income. Dame, tell me he is not completely missed that it gets better, not worse. Well, there will be some extra options available to them in the future. It's absolutely true. The, the house, the social security, the Medicare. Um, yeah, that, that will be there. However, if the, if the reasons they, um, if the reasons that got them to where they are today, aren't resolved, I don't know if that's going to be much of a silver lining. And 100% true. So it's, this is a, a very much, okay, we're, we're evaluating everything. Why are we here? What do we need to do to start to right the ship? And you're right. The house becomes a big chip in the future that can help them, um, you know, make ends meet or provide a stream of income. You got social security. Um, he won't be too far away from social security either. Uh, and there, there are some other options. However, like we talk about all the time, there are underlying things. Sometimes the problem that is presented is not the actual problem that needs addressing. 100% I think their first priority is a twofold approach. It is to tighten and criticize and comb over their spending in an effort specifically to pay down the $26,000 in credit card debt because that shifts the focus and the onus back to the present. Because the present and those fixed behaviors are going to allow the future to improve. And it's, it, this is a really complex situation so much so that the person, in my opinion, completely butchered the evaluation of it. 
All right, Dan, I see that you're quiet now because we're approaching the break. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week in the news after the next segment. I'm Pete the Planner. Back on the Pete the Planner show, Dame received several emails at askpete at petetheplanner.com after last week's show. Some complaining. And some people found the Easter egg. Oh. Vague discussion about something that I'm not going to bring up again. All right, Dame. Next question. Dear Pete, I'm 50 years old. I make $70,000 a year. Have only $2,000 saved and wonder how I will ever make it before i go much further Dame, this email came in right after my column about a 58 year old who had nothing saved who happened to make two hundred thousand dollars a year was fearful so it feels like this person finally feels heard and i'm glad she emailed is there any hope angie writes i'm willing to continue living frugally but still have debt to take care of plus help my mother financially who is in assisted Living, I owe $43,000 in student loans and $50,000 on an estate. No, this says house. I'm just kidding. Which jobs to take care for my mother. So a 401k is not available to me yet. When it is, it only matches 2%. Any advice would be appreciated. Thank you, Angie. Angie, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, uh, Dame and I both have seen people in this particular situation that you're in, Angie. And you are what we call the sandwich generation. Mm -hmm. You are helping deal with the realities of an aging parent. And yet these student loans you have, whether they're on yourself or uh, an adult child, those are sandwiching on the other side. You, you, You are juggling at least two, if not three, financial lives. And it's not only really stressful, but it can just suck the hope out of you altogether. Damn, you get these calls all the time. Where do you begin with someone like Angie? Most of the time we will um, try and take a nice inventory of, of everything that we've got going on. So everything that is uh, going to affect the situation going forward is, is going to be on the table. We, we've got to know what's out there to plan effectively for the future. So it sounds like Angie's done a decent job of, of sharing at least the major things that she's got going on in her life. So that's great step one. She's okay, aware of her I, situation. If- if I may, and believe me, I may. Uh, what's hard about that, Dame, is that sometimes when people are willing to put their troubles out there, they don't want to really dig into that process because it is painful and they're forced to look at specific issues which they've selectively ignored out of a coping strategy. However, you got to know everything that could possibly ruin a plan that's about to get back on track. Yeah. If you've ignored, um, selectively ignored, or maybe even legitimately forgot about something for some reason, um, now is the time to face everything that you're dealing with. Because if you don't, this isn't going to get better. It may get a little better, but it's not going to get you to where you hope to be in the future. Now, it, can we put a you know a timetable on it and say this is going to be fixed in you know five years? No, probably not. But every day that goes by, every good decision is one step closer to getting to where you want to be. Fifty years old, seventy thousand dollars of income, 
And for all intents and purposes, she has nothing. She has a little bit of an emergency fund and she's got some debt. The mortgage debt doesn't bother me at all. In fact, that might be one of her biggest assets in the sense that it will likely naturally pay off over the next several years, thus creating a, a cash flow positive situation, right? So that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, the mortgage debt was, I mean, it's it's good to know, but uh, I, I am much like you. I, I think that that will handle itself uh, in the, the relatively near future, almost certainly before she retires. And, and to look at this in a uh, very general sense, let's say she pays $12,000 on her mortgage, which doesn't include property taxes and insurance, but let's say she's paying $12,000 annually or $1,000 a month. When that obligation goes away, theoretically, she will need $12,000 less a month or a year of income, which helps get her to her goal. There's two ways to get to proper retirement income funding. One is to build assets that creates income. And the other one is to eliminate expenses, which require income. And so that I think that is an appropriate and positive step in the right direction for her. Yeah. And I would uh, begin wrestling with the idea of uh, working uh, maybe longer than you had originally anticipated, or maybe even, you know, 10 years ago, whatever that may be. Because as you said, um, there are two ways to get this, reduce expenses or, or save more um, uh, or reduce the amount of money in total that you're going to need during retirement. And one way to do that is to prolong retirement. That means um, you're working a little bit longer, whether that's a full-time job or a part-time job, whatever it is, uh, additional income into your, your uh, cash situation is always going to be a welcome thing for you. I think sometimes people are really hard on themselves because growing up, even as a, an adult and a young adult, they assign a particular age to represent retirement, 62, 65, mm -hmm. whatever, 55, 59. And then there's just this undue and arbitrary pressure put on them due to this, this number, this random number. And as reality starts to kick in, which is exactly this particular situation, if she was holding, you know, on to age 65 for some reason, she needs to let go of age 65 to your point, because it only creates more stress uh, and it only puts more artificial barriers that don't exist. Yeah, totally. Uh, you may have to reshift your perspective on a few things uh, when you're, when you're facing all this. That's another part of the, of this conversation that can be painful, frankly. However, You've got to know what you're looking at, what you're facing down, because the um, indecisiveness or the the just the unknown can drive you nuts. I will say from a practical standpoint and a pragmatic standpoint, uh, there is not a lot she can do right now other than refuse to increase her lifestyle. She has to make sure that no matter what stress is created by this really stressful situation. Her outlet isn't consumerism. Her outlet isn't, you know, relief valve spending, which we see a lot in these situations because what we can't have her do is to gather permanent or semi-permanent obligations, which then put more pressure on her income. I mean, this is, and I hate this strategy, but it's almost the best for her. It's to cross her fingers and let herself realize that some of these challenges will pass and she just has to make it through to the other side. 
yeah, it's the big obligations from here on out that are going to really throw roadblocks in her way. I mean, it, you and I both get frustrated with people who say, well, cut out your Starbucks and you're going to be a millionaire. Well, maybe, but you know, let's be a little bit wiser with some of the bigger purchases that really tank it. You know, as a, as a Starbucks once a week going to add up to a, um, all the interest you're going to pay on a car loan over the, the length of that car loan. Uh, I guess it depends on how foofy you like your Starbucks, but um, <laughs> foofy. foofy. Yeah. That's, it's one of the new, new orders there. Um, I just want you to know, as you were went on this whole rant about Starbucks, I literally lifted a Starbucks, a cup of Starbucks to my mouth and lips. And we buy and Starbucks. It in. We buy Starbucks gift cards. That's all right. Dame, I think there's another element to this that, that, that actually has me worried for Angie in this situation is if you make $50,000 a year and you're in her situation, it's almost a little bit better than someone that makes 70. Do you know? I mean, I'm curious as if you're on the same track as to why. Please tell me why. <laughs> well, no, I'm just curious. I mean, do, do, do you know where I'm going with this? I don't, no? I don't think I do. When someone is forced to retire at full retirement age or they choose to, their social security gap between what they earned and what uh, what is available via social security is a smaller gap than if someone made 70 and then they go down to the the social security earnings. So it's an easier adjustment. It's sometimes people that don't make that much money have an easier retirement because social security fills more of the void. Yeah. It's really interesting how social security is calculated, but you're exactly right. There's a, a, a greater replacement for lower income people. All right. That's all. Let's go to break. <laughs> we'll, we'll answer more questions. I'm Beat the Planner, and this is the show. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner show, is Dame. Did I tell you that the email address for this show might change in the next couple of weeks? Did I tell you that? No, I didn't. Are you going to announce what it might be, or are we going to keep that under wraps? Well, I'm I'm going to have to announce it eventually, but I, I have to talk to you about it later. Okay, our boss Jasmine <laughs> uh, is involved. So, Dame, this week's biggest waste of the week. There are two. The first is the Yamakaze 55 year old Japanese whiskey. Makers of Japanese whiskey for nearly a century, Yamakaze just announced the oldest expression. In its storied history. That's good copy, by the way. Yeah. Its oldest expression in its storied history. Come on. That's great copy. That's great. The 55-year-old spirit contains white oak aged whiskey from 1964 and Mizunara aged whiskey that was distilled in 1960. Each of the 100 available bottles has engraved characters and the 55 is filled with gold dust and lacquer while the bottle's neck is wrapped in a traditional handmade estrogen not estrogen if you're yourself washy with a braided cord the precious liquid is being sold through a lottery for residents living in japan and lucky winners will have their bottle engraved with their names dame uh to be so lucky do you have any idea what it will cost you to be lucky. First of all, the bottle sounds gorgeous. Um, I'm looking at it right now. It looks pretty cool. You know, I'll have to say this. I love Japanese whiskey. Have you had any? 
I maybe only one or two. And frankly, by that point, my taste buds <laughs> were probably fried at that point. Uh, so I'm, what do you mean? Tell us more. No, it's not. Um, it's delicious. I, I will say that, uh, later that night it ended up in a chance meeting with justin timberlake but that's all i'll say um what i'll oh, tell yeah. you I'll, yeah uh, i yeah. think i know that story i think friend's you wedding uh no it was uh, a spring break where uh we met up with some <laughs> where, where we met up with some people uh who were in town for a steve martin roast so but that's what a, is, a, i've I, not heard this story okay i'll tell it to you later twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars that's some spicy whiskey dame the real biggest waste of money of the week and probably the year, and probably the fortnight, and probably the decade, maybe century, the Iowa caucuses, mm. every penny spent on them. Yeah. Damien, I fancy myself an independent. I, I really do. I don't affiliate with either political party. And boy, am I glad. What a <laughs> dumpster fire. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I uh, I told you this earlier, but I will restate it for public consumption. I'd like to thank Iowa for reinforcing every stereotype that the coastals have about the Midwest. Isn't that the truth? And by the way, we have a lot of friends in Iowa, some yeah. that are listening right now. I feel so bad for them. Yeah. I feel so bad. They did nothing wrong. But man, the New York Post headline was the turning of the knife. It said, duh, moin. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh my gosh. What is going on? Dame, how can you mess something up so badly? Technology, apparently. You were saying during the break, and I, I agree. What I find fascinating is, A, how much the economy booms. Oh, yeah during caucus season and because of the increased hotel stays of the media and everyone involved over the last week or so well, even more it, than that all the all the you know people oppressed chasing them around the state leading up to the caucus so i mean it's it's you know for the month prior i mean there's all sorts of of, of economic you know um, benefit to the state of iowa for this clearly this show is an expression of our personal opinions sometimes fact and conjecture is mixed in but this is definitely my opinion i think the bloom is off the rose and i feel like the iowa economy is going to suffer because the prestige of the caucus is over permanently do you think they're still first i don't next, think next anyone cares yeah i don't think people if the rush of reporters like no one will care it's i, I that's my opinion it, based on nothing other than I guess friend of the show, Adam Wren, who writes for Politico and the Importantville, uh, you know, political newsletter. He's the one that helped arrange getting uh, Pete Buttigieg on the show before. I don't know. I get some information from him. I'm just saying I, I, I feel like this whole thing's over. They, they've permanently butchered economic development in some aspects in Greater Des Moines, sure. in West Des Moines. Sure. Uh it's it's unfortunate uh, to say the least for for those in Iowa. However, I I think about the primaries that we've had the last I don't know a few cycles or the caucuses or, or whatever. I has the eventual winner been nominated coming out of Iowa for a while? I'm not sure they have. I think Iowa picked Ted Cruz last in the last cycle. Um, and then before that, 
I gosh, I don't I just I don't think the eventual winner has been picked in Iowa. Why is that a barometer? Well, that's a different issue. I will say this though. There's so much being said about election sanctity and, you know, access to voting and but how can you not count? Like Damien, do you realize uh, I don't know, making stuff up 25 years ago there's no way this happens. But we have more technology and more is at stake and it's harder? I mean, unless you're going to lean on hanging chads. Leave chad out of this. I chad asked for it. Hanging around. Damn, were there any current events this week? Please grab some current events. I think people hate when we talk politics on this show. People hate the music of this show. People hate our advice. They hate my snarky nature. They don't think I'm funny. Why what do they, they listen? What do they keep coming back for? I don't know. Please give me a current event. Something current and eventful. Uh, there's an Ohio dad that got 55,000 identical letters about his daughter's student loan. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. It's amazing. 55,000. He got a note on his door from the mail person that said the mail wasn't going to fit in either his box or through the door slot. So he was asked to show up at the post office to retrieve the mail. Turns out it was... 79 plastic bins of mail, each packed with about 700 identical statements from the College Avenue Student Loan Company for the loan he and his wife had taken out for their daughter's college tuition. Isn't the cost of mailing those $27,500? I think they get a bulk rate, so it was uh, less than that, but still it was uh, around 11,000, they they think, to ship 55,000 statements. The... uh, the company said they do intend to send him more another statement uh, if if uh, they need to, but probably not fifty five thousand. He's got what? them stored in his garage right now. Okay. Do you realize all the problems technology has caused? Number one, when listening to this show, your voice will get ahead of mine because of the software we use. Yeah. Okay. Number two, the Iowa caucuses they don't know who won. Yeah. Still, but they do, but they don't. And this dude got 55,000 pieces of mail that cost $11,000 saying he owed 27,000. Well, how much does he owe? Does uh, he even say? You know, I don't even know if the art, does it really matter? I mean, is that, I don't, I don't know, think, I don't think I want to see what he owes. I don't know. It's not here. No. Well, well Barry in the lead, don't you think? <laughs> how much do you think he owes? I'm like, oh, no. Oh, probably a lot of things. If, if they, if they thought it was great. important to send 55,000 letters. <laughs> I'll just say this. In the picture, in the story, there's a Lululemon bag in his garage. You know, like the fancy yoga pant company. I wouldn't have recognized that. I feel like I've just outed myself. I, yeah, pretty sure you did. Dame, this week brings the launch of Hey Money. What is going to happen? Will we even be here next week? <laughs> well, technology torpedo us once again <laughs> oh my god everybody we really appreciate you listening we like our little community here people put funny jokes in the email the address is changing we'll give it to you later and uh we appreciate you reading the columns it's my email box is a dumpster fire and i'm not thankful for that but i'm thankful for you listening right now and the new interludes in the music see good vibes because good vibes are all that's the budget i'm beat the planner and this this is the show Thank you.